hairy sheep. Uh, next, we're known for our massive population of sheep in New Zealand, but with the first New Zealand auction of hairy sheep earlier this year, uh, nudies, they're known as. You don't have to share them or dock them or dag them. And with farmers not fetching a particularly high price for wool these days, it may be a cost-efficient answer for the future of sheep farming. Wairere rams, don't need to roll the R on rams, Jesse, are the breeders who have brought nudies to New Zealand. And Principal Derek Daniel joins us now. Hi, Derek. Good day, Jesse. Nice to chat to you, sir. And um, tell me about these nudies to look at. We've got a picture on our website, but for people who haven't seen them before, can you describe them? Well, they're hair sheep, say like a deer or the bighorn Rocky Mountain sheep, wild sheep or like cattle or goats or whatever. Uh, Wool sheep have been bred for many, many centuries to produce wool that clings on to the body rather than uh, than when spring arrives and molts off, whereas most animals, including cats, dogs, are molting all the time. So do we, don't we? We lose hair all the time. So... um, the big beauty about these sheep is they don't uh, shed wool around the paddock and make it look untidy. You just don't have to touch them. Interesting. Do they look much different? No, they look like a shorn sheep. <laughs> so that's pretty easy uh, to get used to. Um, we have had problems, though, Jesse, with um, being centred from the internet, suspected of porn. Uh, so we have, we have changed our first cross nudies to streakers, and the, th- um, the second cross to Brazilians, and hopefully there'll be less censorship. Or perhaps I should apply to the Public Interest Journalism Fund. How, how do you think I'd get on? Oh, I could see you've got a good sense of humour, Derek. Thank you. Um, you are a, presumably a traditional sheep farmer. Did it take a lot of getting your head around to um, import these ones and, and, and work on bringing them to New Zealand? It certainly did, because wool was the biggest uh, export item from New Zealand for a period of 120 years, up until about 1980. And, yeah, uh, we were very dependent on wool as, as, a, um, as a country. And right now, uh, Jesse, there's some really interesting research going on, deconstructing the fibre into particles, powder, and using it for high-value end uses. And what's the space? It's going to be... Really, really interesting. I am hopeful that we will get um, big factories built at the North Island scale, the South Island scale, that can take a lot of our wool into totally other uses and generate a high price at the farm gate because um, we also sell 95% of the rams we sell grow wool. And uh, we want uh, sheep to continue to be a dual-purpose animal. At the moment, farmers are growing strong wool are paying more to get it off than what they're receiving for the product. That research you're talking about, you were talking about the research into, into traditional sheep's wool, yeah? Yeah, strong wool rather than merino yeah. wool. We have a small population of fine wool sheep. Okay, so you, um, you, you see a future for both? Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, we've got a foot in either camp. And I think, uh, do you have an uncle who runs one of New Zealand's biggest farming operations? Oh, wouldn't that be good? But no, nah, fortunately not. Oh, you don't? Oh, that's uh, just a, uh, yeah. Not unless I've got a, uh, I've got this Mulligans and Ash Burden who were uh, farmers, but uh, don't know too much about their operations. I think I would have heard if they were one of the biggest sheep farmers in New Zealand. Hey, <laughs> did, how, many, how, many hoops, how many hoops do you have to jump through to get a whole new breed of sheep into the country? 
No, it's not difficult. Uh, we sourced the embryos and semen from a number of flocks in the UK, and there didn't seem to be any barrier to bringing them into New Zealand because it is now uh, scientifically proven that bringing in embryos and semen will not bring in diseases like scrapie. So it's now clear to uh, bring in new breeds via that method. Do you think they'll take over? Oh, look, there's a fair bit of water to go under the brick. Most farmers tend to be conservative, so they'll stick with bull for a while and watch, and then the uh, early adopters will go for it and everyone will be watching them. Obvious question, do the sheep get cold because they don't have wool? Do deer get cold? Do cattle get cold? Well, well, they've evolved to uh, with the bodies they've got, I suppose, whereas if sheep have evolved with wool, it might be a bit of a shock to suddenly uh, not have it anymore. But the sheep that do have wool have been bred that way by humans. It's right. like humans have bred chihuahua dogs and Great Danes and all sorts of variations, which are very different to the wolves. You're telling me a hairy sheep is a natural sheep? Yeah, probably, yeah. Interesting. Is the future of sheep farming leaning toward just meat then, unless some of this research you're talking about really comes through? And, you know, from time to time we do cover other uses for wool and some of the breakthroughs I've made, but do do you see a time in New Zealand where sheep farming is only about meat? It is mainly now, Jesse. Uh, Wool used to be 60% of full country farmers' income 45 years ago. Now it's about 5%. So we've become a monocultural, monoculture-type animal, unfortunately. And uh, but it'd be great if we could get wool making up 30% of gross farm income again. Then then it would be worth farming sheep with wool. Unfortunate thing is, ram breeders like me have been breeding wool sheep for decades and decades, and they're the best genetics in the country. So making a transition to to nudies. I mean, a first cross, then a second cross, and it's probably the third cross before you don't have to do any work around a fleece, etc. So that's the issue. It takes time. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's why most people won't go at it immediately. How did the auction go? Oh, it was great. Uh, yeah, we averaged $4,600. Uh, really good demand from commercial farmers. And those ram lambs have grown on well. They've made it extremely well. I'm just delighted with uh, the feedback we've had. That seems, and and bear in mind, Derek, I have no uh, experience in in sheep farming or or sheep auctions, but that seems like a huge amount for one lamb. (laughs) Well, our average rams sell for about $1,600. There's a lot of recording work, a a lot of... um, selection that goes into um, producing like the top well, 20% uh, all that we sell to commercial farmers so 4 out of 5 are cold, not good enough and therefore there has to be a significant premium for the work and recording and computer work that goes into um, selecting those sheep and we're, we're faced with a situation with a sinking lid in the sheep population because of uh, subsidies for carbon farming and yeah, it's just not easy out there. I don't know if you realise, but a big proportion of dairy farmers and sheep farmers will make a financial loss this coming year, the year that we're in now. You sold 77 purebred nudies and 53 first cross. How many nudies will that eventually translate to? Oh, okay. 
there's already some sheep called Wiltshires in New Zealand that don't grow wool, and there will be some of those nudies will be crossed over those sheep. Others will be crossed simply over Romneys or other breeds, and so it will take time, the second, the third cross. So even for us, it's going to take time to build up a population of purebreds because we've got to done another big embryo uh, transfer this year, and we will do another one next year, and we're just looking to multiply as fast as we can. Uh, Martins and Nelson, he says, regarding your comment on farmers being very conservative, he says, to quote one farmer I know, I would rather change my wife than change the breed of sheep I farm. That's what you're talking about, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, look, um, you at the moment, farmers are absorbing a, a small penalty for having wool on their sheep. And to change to woolless sheep, as I've said, it's really probably a seven to ten year process. And therefore, um, that that takes time. By the time you get there, wool might be worth something again. Yeah, so that's, okay. that's always a problem. Derek, yeah. you mentioned my family. I'll just quickly mention yours and your daughter, Jess. Daniel, Jess's Underground Kitchen, um, a, uh, a regular correspondent on our show. We love Jess. You must be super proud of her. She's way more famous than me. Yeah, I'm very, very proud of her. Building a business from making meals in her own flat to employing 45 staff and yeah, just uh, incredible. What does she give it? Does she give her dad any media training before he comes on the radio? <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Uh, I suspected there, but resistant. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Nice to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jesse. Bye. Derek Daniel and his hairy sheep.